Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a treat. Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, the weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum. And I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis. This week, we will be talking about four new releases. Count them. Four. That's so many fucking movies. First, we will be talking about the new Wes Anderson film, The French Dispatch. Yes, we will. Then we will be talking about the new Netflix western, The Harder They Fall. Indeed. Then we will be talking about the Princess Die kind of biopic starring Kristen Stewart yeah. Spencer. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a fair way to... And then... Last, and maybe least, we will be talking about the new MCU film, Eternals. It's a, it's a pretty big helping. Before for, uh, we get into all that shit, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Imagine if we just fucking hated all of these and we're like, yeah, fuck all these movies. These were some shit. No, this was actually one of the most consistently good weeks solid, in a while. Solid spread. In a while. Award season is definitely... Definitely Thank God, swing. because this year has been very average. A very average year. I think it's been getting better, kind of, as it's gone on. It has been getting better, but not good I'll tell, enough. I'll tell you what changed. The Suicide Squad came out, and then pretty much most of the weekends after have been solid as fuck. Right. I, I would just say, yeah, it has certainly gotten better, but not good enough to be, like, an amazing year. It's I mean, just, like, an okay year. Really. Better than last year. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> Things could be worse, Kyle. They could, they could always be worse. Have you watched anything besides the four films? Uh, well, since uh, the first film we're going to talk about is French Dispatch, I will briefly mention uh, uh, I've been kind of on a Wes Anderson kick uh, lately. That probably tells you how I thought of, what I thought about French Dispatch, but I just watched uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox for the very first time. Very nice. Yeah, I, that's yesterday. one I had not seen yet. I gave it a four and a half, but it's perfect, if that makes any sense. Mm. Like, there's not a damn thing I would change about it. I just think... Wes Anderson's style was a little hard for me to connect to on like a like a super deep emotional level. But it's perfect. So, so I knock it like a half star. But really, man, like it's a perfect movie. Like there's not a thing I would change about it. That's kind of how I feel about uh, Grand Budapest. It's it's delightful. It's so cozy and comforting. One of my favorite animated films I've ever seen. It it's yeah yeah. Um, um, the voice cast is awesome. George Clooney is really charming in the lead. I, has he done any other Wes Anderson before or I, since? No. As someone who hasn't seen a lot of Wes Anderson, and I know the dude likes to just stick actors in like very yeah, small roles, so I don't know if he's unless popped up a, in anything. Yeah, unless it was a cameo, I don't think so. Uh, Meryl Streep's great. Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> Willem Dafoe is awesome as the crime rat. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's just... What, what more can I say about this movie that hasn't already been so said? So it, it would be in your top ten films of 2009. Probably. Yeah, probably. I would need to like look at a list, but yeah, it's top five, maybe. Yeah, wow. It's good shit. Probably should have. Was it nominated against Up for Best Animated Picture? I imagine. Did it get nominated? It, I, I can't imagine it did. I can't imagine it didn't either. Let me look. Isle of, I know Isle of Dogs got nominated and had the unfortunate of going up against fucking Spider-Verse. Fantastic Mr. Fox had the misfortune of going up against Up, which it probably should have beat. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I've It also got that. nominated for Score for Alejandro Desplaz. The score is fucking phenomenal. The, score, the Fantastic Mr. Fox score is like... The, like, listen, I, I recognize good movie scores, but there's not a lot that I would listen to just kind of, like, 
in my free time, like my day-to-day life, I would bump the Fantastic Mr. Fox score. Yeah. Pretty, pretty continuously. It's also just a great, like, fall, like, Thanksgiving vibe movie. Like, that was kind of the deciding factor to watch it. Mm -hmm. Because we were going to watch Grand Budapest, but it's not streaming for free anywhere, so we thought. So, uh, but Fantastic Mr. Fox is on Prime, so we were like, oh yeah, let's... I I gotta check it out. It's seasonal. Yeah, no, it's awesome, man. It's it's really good. Uh, We gotta both complete our Wes Anderson watches of his filmography. We'll watch Grand Budapest sometime. It's so good. Um, I didn't watch anything else because I had work and shit, but... Yeah, I mean, four movies is still a lot, so uh, do we yeah. just want to dive right into our discussion? Hop, hop right in to our, our first film. The French Dispatch. The French cool. Dispatch, and the subtitle that I am forgetting right now. Directed by Wes Anderson, possibly also written by him? I think he co-wrote it. No, he did write it, other people helped him come up with the story. Ah. He, he wrote it. Written and directed by Wes Anderson. Real quick, I forgot a point about Fantastic Mr. Fox. I didn't know it was based on a uh, a Roald Dahl book. Yeah, yeah, I've that read was, the book. That was just very uh, delightful to hear. And now I want Wes Anderson to adapt every Roald Dahl book. Yeah. Like, give him Matilda, give him Charlie and the Chocolate That'd Factory. That'd be awesome. Give him the BFG. Just let him do all of them. Uh, the full title is The French Dispatch of the Liberty, Kansas Evening Sun. <laughs> I did not know that it had a, a full title like that. Um. So, this is a... In an anthology film. Yes. Um, essentially, so it's uh, different stories. So it's the, it, it's this uh, this newspaper company, and the head editor uh, has tragically passed away, and so upon his death, he's ordered like the the d- dissolvement of this company, like all the records are to be burned and everything. But for like the last issue, they're publishing. <clears throat> They publish, like, these... They have all the writers write, like, these great stories and everything to kind of have the the paper go out on a bang. So it basically covers these three stories in, like, three different segments of the film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one is about an artist imprisoned and the muse he finds there and, like, his dealings with the art business world mm-hmm. and all that. Second one is about uh, a student revolution in France. And then the third one is about... Um, it's about a uh, the reporter goes to uh, where he go like there's like robbers that kidnap the uh, the police commissioner's son yes and um yeah wildness it is uh, wildness ensues and Wh- whimsical wildness if you will and you know this had gotten I think more mixed reviews than a lot of uh, Wes Anderson's recent stuff yeah um because what I had been hearing before it came out is this is Wes Anderson at his most most. That is not an incorrect statement. And it's also not a bad thing. This movie smacks. I, it's I, so good. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I dug this movie. It, yeah. It, honestly, this movie kind of single-handedly changed my perception on Wes Anderson. Like, I won't lie. Just I, I was just in awe the entire time of, of the care and craft that went into this film. Like, it's miraculous that it even exists. Like, there's so many shots that just... Uh, seemed like they would have been a nightmare to get done, but the, that that delightful little weirdo found a fucking way to do it. Absurd set design, just amazing incredible, set design. Incredible set design. If all, it doesn't get nominated for all production the, design, all the performances across the board. Like uh, one criticism I will levy about Wes Anderson's films is sometimes you can tell which actors get it and which ones don't. Here, I think Here, all of them get it. Everyone's like on the same page. Even the new, Every- even the new people, Timothy Chalamet. Yes, he. Uh, 
Yes, he's good. He might have been my least favorite performance, actually. Really? But he's not bad. But I think out of the leads... Leia Seydu fits really well. Leia Seydu's great. Benicio Del Toro was really good. Um, best performance, I think, is goes to Adrian Brody or Jeffrey Wright, though. They're both great. They're, they're incredible in it. Jeffrey Wright fits so well. He if, if As, like, the narrator. I know no one's gonna get nominated from it, but if anyone did get nominated, I would like to see Jeffrey Wright. The fact that this only got made for $25 million. It just goes to show you, Wes, like, Wes knows how to use that money, man. Like, yeah. it looks way more expensive than it actually is, and I think that's just because... He knows how to make a movie feel, like, dense and intricate without being, like, too flashy. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's not show-off-y. Like, it's not like, ooh, look at all all this money and everything. Like, no, like, it's just... There's great editing in there. Yes, the the care that he put and the heart that he puts into every film he makes. But especially this one is just... It's it's honestly heartwarming, heartwarming to see. So, I so after I saw it, I was looking at some of the more lukewarm reviews from people yeah. I follow. Here's a statement from, from one of the reviews. This is Wes Anderson at his most visually inventive and least emotionally involving. I don't agree. This, this is one of his more heartfelt films, I'm, I think. Like, I, this, that's what I'm trying to say. This, like, you can t- like, this movie is... Really, the, the, the core theme of this movie, I think, is just Wes Anderson... Expressing his love of stories and storytelling, like, but also, but also coping with his feelings on kind of mortality. Yes, like he's getting older. He's he's kind of like wrangling with all these. This things. this is a very melancholy film. One of his sadder films for sure. I Melancholic, think. Uh, like, but 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 it's so goddamn good. But and it's, but it's also very like inspiring. In and what I'm saying, it's beyond. It's not so, you know, depressing with how it tackles it. It's also fucking hilarious. Um, there is a car chase sequence in the third act that had us fucking rolling. We were, so we were in stitches in funny. the theater. There's uh, so many stylistic uh, what, decisions. Wes Anderson's that, doing, like, new things, like, every ten minutes. Just throwing everything at the wall, and it all sticks. Animation... The primarily most of the three stories are in black and white, but there's flashes of color in there... And, um, like you said, like there's an animation segment at one point. It's uh, he just keeps. It's so doing inventive. Things. It's just so inventive, and, and and it's it's unpredictable, but not in like a disorienting way. Like it's just a very like it's a very captivating and compelling movie. Like it kind of pulls you into this world. It's definitely going to get a production design nom. I would love to see it. I'd love. To I'd see love a, to see a cinematography. I'd love nom. to see a screenplay nom. Yeah, honestly, I I don't see the Academy being too nice to this one, but I, I think I think it'll get at least production design. I, I think Nom. I, I don't know I don't know how into the specifics I wanna get because I think like me, like going into it pretty much blind, like I think that's kind of part of the experience. Like you get your Wes Anderson isms, like mm-hmm. the very like understated dialogue, the very, like, snappy, dry humor, mm-hmm. visual gags. His movies are like Rube Goldberg machines. They're like giant domino setups. And, and like, what I noticed about this movie is it's so dense with detail and things in the background. I need to watch it again. Right. I, 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 I don't think I comprehended everything. My, my only criticism I can really levy against it is it's kind of an overwhelming first watch, mm-hmm. just in terms of the density of everything going on on screen. But the cinematographer, Robert D. Yemen, uh, he's done... Almost every single Wes Anderson film. Makes sense. It makes sense. They all look very similar, but the dude is a fucking G. A beast. Him and Wes are just going dummy. I think the only ones he didn't do are the animated ones. Yeah. Ah, that makes sense. Um, But, uh, and it's it's so clear. You you just talked about Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm -hmm. 
his films after that that period, uh, Grand Budapest and this, it's so clear that he's taken cues from his stop motion work. Yes. The way he frames everything. It, and al- the way it almost it, plays like animation. Right. In, in some sequences. Right. Um, this movie's excellent. It's so good. It's one of the best of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely look out for this one coming back when we do our year-end lists. Absolutely. Um, um, catch it in a theater near you if, if it's From someone who was a Wes Anderson naysayer for a long time, mm. I, I gotta say, man, I, I respect the dude's craft. The dude makes good shit. I just don't have it in my heart to be the, that edgy contrarian anymore. Four and a half out of five for the French Dispatch. I am with you 100%. Four and a half out of five. This movie's great. Honestly, one one of the most emotional experiences I've had in the theater this year. It was good shit. I, I had a big ass smile on my face. Absolutely. Oh man, let's get uh, let's let's move on. Let's get to our. I work. Let's kind of let's kind of we're kind of burning through these. We're kind of you know. Absolutely. Uh, so so let's go to. Let's, our... let's make the guns go bang and journey back to the wild wild west and and talk about the harder. They fall. Directed by... James Samuel? James Sam- Samuel, is that how you pronounce his first name? There's no, like, pronunciation, so I'm assuming it's just James. Alright, James Samuel. James Samuel, uh, director, writer, I think? He did write this, yes. Produced by Sean Carter, Mr. Jay-Z himself, and starring a shit ton of people. Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Regina King, Zazie Beetz, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield, Dion Cole... R.J. Seiler. And the dude from X-Men First Class. And the dude from X-Men First Class. Absolute stacked cast. Kyle, do you want to give a... We kind of both tackled the plot rundown for French Dispatch. You want to give a... You yeah. want to give the story rundown for this one? So, The Harder They Fall revolves around an outlaw named Nat Love. And he's on a, he's on a quest for, for revenge. As um, most cowboys are. As most cowboys are. I feel are. like it bears mentioning the conceit is that all of these characters were real historical people, mm-hmm. but the story is fictional. Yeah. Like, the, the account is a fictional story. Very Tarantino in that way. And, and Nat Lowe, yeah, someone killed his, or someone, uh, a, an outlaw named uh, Rufus Buck killed his parents when yes. he was a child and scarred his forehead and so he's been on a quest for revenge ever since and so his gang um comes face to face with rufus buck's gang and uh shit pops off will he get that revenge will he get it find out on netflix find out on netflix kyle what'd you think of the harder they fall i thought that this was a very um enjoyable film yes i thought that it is if you strip it back, it's a pretty standard Western tale, but it's elevated by a very, very good cast and a lot of uh, stylistic flair that kind of makes it feel different even yeah. when the story is uh, a bit generic. I agree with everything you just said, and yet I have not been able to stop thinking about this really? since I thought really? since I saw it. it, it the confidence from There's, James Samuel... Mm-hmm. As a debut director, I I really think he's someone to watch, man. Like I I haven't seen that. He's many, going places. I really sure. haven't seen that many debuts like that that just immediately knows what he wants, what his style is like. Like this movie just oozes uh, oozes style and and everything, and it's uh, it's very it's very violent, very graphic, and it's very. Uh, Black exploitation, like like there's those uh very fast zoom ins with the camera and everything. There's so many cool shots and little tricks he does with with the camera and everything. My just... favorite my favorite stylistic decision is about halfway through the movie, 
there's a there's a sequence on a train where they split screen two. Yes. So there's there's two different groups of people on a, on uh, each side of a door, and so they split screen to show like what both groups are doing, and it's awesome. They just there's little super good little wrinkles like that that they throw in. Like like I agree with you. The the story itself yeah. isn't anything new. And like the characters it, are are a bit archetypal and generic. But when it's these actors and True. this movie. True. It's different. I it think, hits different. I think we you can know? agree that probably the best part of this movie is Jonathan Majors. I think Jonathan Majors and Idris Elba steal the show. They are they are both awesome. Slight spoilers, but this movie makes the best decision possible by ending it on those two just acting their asses off at one another. Yeah, for that whole like last monologue and everything. Right. But there, you know, the, you got the classic Western shootouts. Very yes. impactful. Very yes. cool. Oh, everything is so k- kinetic and punchy. Like all the all the gunshots feel. Very weighty um, and everything. I know you like the soundtrack more than I do. I did dig the soundtrack more than you. Uh, I would it's a very re- modern soundtrack. I would love to see uh, Guns Go Bang, the Kid Cudi song that plays over the titles. I, if anything, that's is, a cool song. If anything is going to get nominated from this movie, I think it will be that uh, the original song. And just because I want to see Jay Z and Kid Cudi perform at the Oscars, yeah, I think that'd be cool as shit. Um, but uh, like the supporting cast are no slouches either. Freaking uh, Regina King is really. Like like vile and villainous as yeah. uh, as uh, Rufus Buck's kind of lackey, and uh, Lakeith Stanfield is the other villain, and he's kind of this cool, like like collected but just like rage boy, I'm the like Joker a, baby. Basically, he even does the thing where he where he takes a sip of the glass and then throws it down yeah. when he's when he's robbing the train. Um, but yeah, no, the, the the supporting cast really pulled the weight too. Every everyone's just. Even if the characters aren't like terribly like deep or well developed or like co- even complex, mm-hmm. they're just they're just likable and right. charming and entertaining. Like there's not a single character that I that I wished would go away That's or just fair. not be in the movie. Like like there's I don't think there's a bad character in the film. No. But you know, besides like the two leads, I agree with you, none of them really like stand out as being exceptionally If I was you know, to get into my two like actual problems besides the issues being like yeah, yeah, yeah. is I think some of the dialogue kind of uh is clunky. It it tries to ride this balance between like modern dialogue and like old west sounding dialogue. And sometimes and sometimes it kind of sticks the landing and other times it sounds a right. little weird. I think uh, I watched this movie twice over the past uh, week weekend or so. So I think upon rewatch, you kind of ease into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like, uh, I was telling you, I watched it with you the second time, and I was like, I was surprised by how much like details there were with the foreshadowing and everything. Right. Um. Um. There's 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 layers to peel back. Here another for sure. thing I'd say bothered me uh, to go without spoilers. There's a few moments in the third act in particular that attempt to be really like. Subver- subversive moments and I found them very predictable in their subversive elements. Like, what are you talking about? Spo- like, like, spoilers. We can do, you want, do you want to do a spoiler let's, warning? Let's put a spoiler okay. warning here. Spoiler warning right here. Do you want to give your rating? Uh, yeah. Four, four out of five. This movie was awesome. I, I'm three and a half out of five. Perfectly. It's a, it's a solid movie. Respectable take. It's on Netflix. Watch it, watch it if you're just looking for a, for a good, fun western to show your gra- your grandparents over Christmas. It's a bit long. bit long. I forgot to mention it. Um, I think RJ RJ Siler getting shot during his uh, his draw with Lakeith was a really like predictable moment for me. Yeah, like right. I don't know. It was was still sad though. Like I, I don't know. He's he's he was very he was very charming, and I was I was sad to see him go. I think he might have been my least favorite of the ensemble. Mm. 
Either him or the guy from uh, X-Men First oh, Class. Oh, yeah. Um, I... A Wayne brother shows up. A Wayne brother does show up at some point. Um, or no, the son of the Wayne brothers. I think it's Damon Wayne's Jr. I think Damon Wayne's is the dad. And Damon Wayne's Jr. is one of the brothers. Really? Because I think think Marlon and Damon. Oh, you're right. I like. I I think. I think Daddy Damon is. is You're right. You're right. You know what I mean? I don't know. Listen, I'm not a Wayne brothers expert. I'm not up to date on the Wayne brothers lore. Um, but I think that was the only spoiler I had. Um, honestly, yeah. But yeah, if if you're looking for like a cool, like very Django Unchained, if Django Unchained is your thing, I think you'll really have fun with this movie. It's as far as Tarantino knockoffs go, there have been worse, and there have not been much better. Yeah. This one, this this one slaps. I Solid. Was a big surprise this year. I was I I saw. I remember seeing the trailer for this a few months ago and being like, yeah, this this looks decent. But I was I was surprised by how much fun I had with it. it it's. It's entertaining and it's fun, despite the fact that it's cliche. It's solid. You it's a solid I mean? movie. Solid experience. Yeah. But, uh... Not such a fun movie. Now we got, uh... The... I, I said kind of biopic, biopic earlier because it's not really a normal biopic. Prestige Shiva, baby. Um, and that is the movie Spencer, about... Uh, Princess Diana. A fictionalized weekend in the life of Princess Diana. Where or she, partially fictionalized. Where she is visiting with the... Or the royal family is having their, like, Christmas out in, like, their country estate or whatever. Yeah. And it's her kind of spiraling, essentially, over a weekend of just kind of, like, the, the expectations of the crown and everything mm-hmm. kind of weighing down upon her. And, and this... Again, we weren't alive... I, I don't remember what year Princess Diana. Died. I, don't I think, think we, I think we've been. She's been dead longer than we've been alive. That is so true. I, I I can't say that I personally know like the timeline or anything. I don't but, but I think at least the way this movie feels is it's very close to um, the royal family assassinating her. Uh, you know. Yeah. So I think, but like, so there's that kind of like that looming dread hanging over everything, and it's a very unsettling experience. This very. Movie. Um, I, think, I think the closest movie I can compare it to is honestly Uncut Gems. Mm. Like it's de- it, it, the movie is designed at its core to unsettle you and make you anxious because it wants to put you into the mindset of its main character who is, right. who is also like losing it at the fucking seams. Yep. Um, and, and by the end of this movie, you feel like you're starting to lose it too. Um, what'd you think? I was awesome. I thought this movie was really good. Yeah, yeah. This movie was was solid as fuck. I uh, I think it falls into some artsy movie trappings. Mm-hmm. I think like it, it it's it's not quite as subversive as I think it thinks it is. Mm-hmm. But I think when when it just kind of does away with all of the oh what a prestige movie kind of when it does away with all the pageantry and really just gets down to the meat and potatoes of the story it's trying to tell. That's really when it shines. It's very good. I thought it was really good. I almost love it. Like it's right on the yeah, cast. Yeah, I, I think I, I like. I love so it's, much. It's about missing it. a few ingredients. I think. But I think on a rewatch, I might like it more. Maybe, I, I, maybe. I'm interested to rewatch it before the all end of the year. All of these movies, I, I will say this for all of the movies we watched this week, I want to watch them all a second time. Uh, yeah, like all of them, I think bear a second watch. Let's get the 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 grade out of the way. 
Kristen Stewart. Oh my god. Just gonna just hand her the Oscar. Just, yeah. just give it to her. She, you know, we were unsure for like the first five minutes or so. Yeah. Like, there, were, she, there was that one scene. There's a scene in a diner in the first act where her impre- her impression comes off a little like jittery and, and, and kind of overly anxious and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, oh, this seems a little disrespectful. But at, literally after that first scene, she really eases into it. And, and you kind of get, once once the movie kind of unravels, you kind of get why she's like that. And, and the everything. moments of emotion she sells so fucking good. I have it's heard, so good. I have read that people close to Diana aren't really jiving with this portrayal. So I don't, I can't comment on how like respectful or accurate it is to the real life person. But within the context of the story, it's very good. It's a very good performance. And then let's get into, besides her, my favorite part of the film... Johnny Greenwood's score is exceptional. It's awesome. I love, it is, I love jazz. That's part of that's part of why it's so anxiety inducing. That's part of, because part of the, the score design. is like that screechy jazz. It's, it's very like like out of tune, like like uh, ominous, like looming. Like it reminded me of points of uh, parts of Whiplash. <laughs> Honestly, there, there are parts of it that kind of sounded like the spookier parts of Pimp a Butterfly a little bit. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> like you, which, which I would never have said like that. Like the Princess Diana score would be I like think, that. I think the that that's such an inspired uh, the inspired costume choice. design is popping Incredible. off. Incredible, the fucking cinematography and the treatment of the footage is so magnificent. Yes, it's it's, it's it great, looks terrific. Gorgeous there's movie. there's the shot when she's first pulling up to the apartment and it's an overhead shot and yes. it's absolutely exceptional. I, I guess if we're getting issues out of the way, I just I I don't know if maybe it's just a personal thing, but I don't know if I connected super well to just the story mm-hmm. and like the material like like princess diane is a very like obviously a compelling person and was a very complex person and i think her story is worth telling right i just maybe think the circumstances of this fictionalized account could have been a little more meaty mm. you know what i mean okay. like a little like a little like 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 it feels like it just doesn't dig quite deep enough yeah into into the the psyche and really what's going on like like it it expresses those ideas in a much more, not abstract, but a much more like artful kind of way, mm-hmm. which I get why people appreciate that. But I guess for me, from, from like someone who, who does a lot of like writing and, and stuff like that, like like from a script and story perspective, I just kind of wish there was a little more there. You know what I mean? I that is not something that bothered me personally. For sure, I could yeah. see why. I think a lot of the I, I do think that it has a tendency from for certain moments to drag on a bit a too bit. long. The pacing is a it's off. I don't want to say it's bad, but it's a bit off at times. It's definitely weird. Yeah. Um, if we're getting my problem out of the way, because I, I liked the, I liked the conceit. I liked that it it was just this random weekend. And I, I don't even mind that. Like it's it's not a bad idea on paper. It's just what we actually see happen is a little. My my problem is how do, how do I want to phrase this? It it's not that subtle, and I'm not saying yeah, that's fair. And here's do the you thing, think they'll kill me? Like <laughs> here's the thing, I think subtlety's overrated. I don't think you need subtlety, no. but the way that they approach it at certain moments really a movie me like off. this could have benefited from a little more subtlety. There's that part in the uh, in the refrigerator or the kitchen. Where she's basically, she like has this really like weird like metaphor that she uses that basically 
just kind did of spells out you, the theme. Didn't I lean over to you at one point? I was like, thank you, movie, for just saying the theme of the movie to she's me. Like, she's like, I'm trapped in the... Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a pheasant trapped in a, in a glass cage or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Something to that effect. Yeah. Um, but that can segue into another positive I think we both agree on. Timothy Spall. Is really fucking good. Yeah, um, I didn't even know he was in it. He, or no, I did. I he, knew. I knew he was. He in has it. a lot of key key scenes that are really fucking good. He's awesome. Very um, like menacing. I didn't know Sean Harris was the. Cook. I also did not know Sean Harris was. In I it. actually like how in the film they structure. Um, they have scenes of him like listing like what the recipes for the day are, and that's kind of how they split up each like. And they split it up, and it works for me because it functions as another way to show. How structured the the family works. It's like a, how it's fucking, like a military lifestyle. Like. So so going from her who hates it to like this guy who works there and just spelling out this regimen. You just did the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen with your hands. For the I know this is an auditory medium, so you didn't see this. Kyle just like stretched his hands in a way and bent both of his middle fingers back like beyond his hand, and it looked like the most it looked like the most painful thing I've ever seen in my life. And this dude didn't even wince. <laughs> Apparently, I'm hosting a podcast with the fucking Terminator. That's gross. Stop doing it. All right, fair. Uh, <laughs> so, getting back to Spencer. Yeah, anyway, sorry. Spencer. Um, her relationship with her sons is really well done in yes, this film. Yes, that is the strong... That is... That really That's is... That's the heart. That is the heart and soul of this film. That whole ending with her... Ta- uh, spoilers. Uh, do we want to give our ratings and get into spoilers real quick? Yeah. Uh, three and a half out of five for Spencer. I really dug this. It was really good. This is a strong four for me. I, strong I, four. Respectable take. Okay, so that scene where she marches out when they're shooting and she takes her sons away for the week- from, from all of them and everything and they just go driving in the car and they're singing. Right. They go to KFC for lunch. It like, was great. Like, like I, think, I think that's really what got it over the hump for me. Like, the fact that it sticks the landing on such a powerful emotional note really sells it, the whole package. It, it felt like... I thought that this movie was going to have such a, d- a downer, depressing ending, yeah, but this but no, felt like a glimmer of hope. It's very, and, uh, upli- it's very uplifting, and that's I think its best subversion. Yeah, I think is that for it, sure. Is that it that ends is easily the best on such a on such because, a, like a happy because note. you have in terms of like the depressing, you have that emotional crux in terms of like the darker stuff when she goes to her old house and rips the ear- the, the, the necklace off, yeah. and you kind of get her whole life to that point in like a, a flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there on, it's almost allowed a bit of happiness because then she meets with um, like, like she goes Sally to, Hawkins, yes, who is like her, her friend and kind of ward. She's like her dresser. Yeah. Is that what she is? Yes. She, she like yeah. And she announces her love for her. Oh yeah. And it's a it's a sweet moment. It is a very sweet. I moment. love Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins could be an but every the, movie. but it stick it really sticks the last ten minutes. It like, does. The really last, well. The last ten minutes are really really good. I, I'd say it's a bit long in the tooth at sure. certain points. I think I think the subtlety I wish, needs a bit more. I wish maybe there was a little there was a little more I don't know to do mm-hmm. in this movie. I guess like like it's I don't know the billiard scene uh, is re- the billiard the billiard scene, scene the billiard scene is awesome. I, I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say is at the end of the day like I I get what the movie's going for, but I don't know if it's if what it's saying is particularly like groundbreaking or anything you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it, it's not like it's it didn't feel like a bit like a new revelation or anything into the like it felt like it was telling us a story we already knew but from a unique enough perspective yeah to warrant its existence that's fair good ass movie 
Go see it. Four go see it. Honestly, go see it just for Kristen Stewart. Amazing. She's incredible. She will be at the. She will be nominated. Yes, and absolutely. probably win. All right, our final movie of the week and of the evening, Marvel Studios, little-known indie uh, indie studio, uh, releaser of quote-unquote films, as we've been led to believe. Amusement park rides. Yeah, <laughs> if you ask if you ask this fucking Martin Scorsese guy, whoever well, the hell what, what that is, what has he made? Fucking After Hours. Fuck that movie. Cape Fear. <laughs> um, Shutter Island. I uh, so. <laughs> I love that we picked the three like most obscure Martin Scorsese movies. I don't know. If like, those are the most obscure. Like, well, we we could have gone with Goodfellas, Taxi no, Driver, The Departed. Like, but we went with like his. B- I know. We went with like his B tier shit. I know. I love. I love. What's it? Kundun or, or what is it? Yeah, I love the Last Temptation of Christ. I love Silence. Fucking. Uh, so. Anyway, Martin Scorsese really has two mo- modes: mob movies and like weird religious epics. Yeah, those are like the two movies he makes, yep. and he nails all of them. He really does, man. Has he made a bad movie? Um, uh, some people would argue the Gangs of New York is not that good. Uh, I forgot about that. All right. So, Eternals. Eternals. Yes, Marvel Studios. So Marvel, 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 Disney, Disney, Disney. We're, we're, if I say it enough times, the algorithm will give us. Money. I guess I'll give a plot rundown of Eternals. I want to give the plot okay. rundown of Eternals. Okay. I said maybe. Okay. No, okay. So the Eternals are... they. So it's set... So basically this movie functions as like a history textbook yeah. for the MCU. Yes. Basically every everything we haven't seen covered yet... Yes. They get, like, they, they get in, like, in like one film. So it's about these beings called the Eternals who have been sent to Earth by these other beings called the Celestials to essentially aid humanity in its progress and watch over them and guide them. And their specific mission is to destroy these creatures called the Deviants who are kind of these like dangerous predators and stuff. And so they eliminate all the Deviants and they stay on Earth and they kind of like live amongst the humans and everything. And then uh, dark forces are at work. Something happens, and they are yeah. they are called they are recalled together. The Eternals must rejoin forces, get the band back together, as it were, in order to stop this growing evil. What did you think of the movie, Kyle? So I think we were both in the position where we just wanted to watch it because the discourse online was insufferable. I was also never very excited for this one. I was I was always the one that was championing all the that trailers. I was just kind of, and I also was I was kind of lukewarm on Nomadland. Right. I was the one that was really excited yeah. for this or hopeful. And I I am pleased to say, this shit ain't bad. That shit was not too bad. This movie's good. Actually, as as far as corporate gruel goes, yeah, could have been worse. See what happens when you let directors make your movies, Marvel. This is the most that a director's voice has shown since uh, since Taika, since Thor. Yeah, true. Unless you want to count the Russos, but, you know. Uh, but like you know, I there were shots that you could have just like pulled. You, you could have just pulled and put in a nomad line. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's one of the better looking MCU movies for sure. I just think uh, um, its issues kind of come with the script mostly. Here, here's what I, what I'll say about this yeah. movie because because I, I said it was good actually. In a lot of ways, it sucks. Yes, this movie's very dumb. It's very dumb. The pacing is so weird. It's just so weirdly paced. Yes. It's so long. There's so many characters. This, If this wasn't made by the biggest studio in the world, this reminds me of those, like, 
big budget sci-fi movies that like from like the 80s or like the 70s that like nobody would have seen at the time but become like cult classics later down the line yeah you know what i mean because this movie's just so fucking weird it's from start so to finish. weird and that's what i appreciate yeah, about okay. it i at least here's here's someone uh i gotta pull up this review on letterboxd because i saw it and um i fully agree with it I think it's such an accurate review. It's from uh, Patrick Willems on Letterboxd. A lot of this movie doesn't really work, but I've thought about it more in the past day than I have about Black Widow in the past three months. So that has to count for something. There you go. Yeah, let's get this right out of the way. This is better than Black Widow and Shang-Chi. Yeah, I know. I know we're two people that didn't like Shang-Chi at all. Uh, oh, I liked Shang-Chi. Sorry, as much as... Almost everybody else. For sure, for sure. It's, um, it's decent, but this this really feel, this feels like one of those watershed MCU you know, movies. And there's moments I'll I'll get into spoilers later, but I guess without spoilers, I like the cast. The I ca- think a lot of them are doing good work. The cast is all very likable. Um, I think you maybe could cut like three or four Eternals. There's th- like fifty of them. I think uh, the standouts for me are um, Don Lee as Gilgamesh. I think we agree. Ma Dong Suk, I think his name is. He's credited as Don Lee. Is he really? In the movie. I guess that's his American or maybe. his English name. No, yeah, I, I specifically remember at the end credits of the movie, he's he's credited as Don Lee. Interesting. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, apparently he's one of the lead actors on Train to Busan, which yes. I still haven't seen. Uh, but he's really good. Uh, he's, he's really good. I like uh, Brian Tyree Henry a lot. Very good. I um, like Barry Keoghan a lot. Kumail Nanjiani did not annoy me as much as I expected to. No, he is like... He's you know, just he's really like 50-50 yeah, on his you know, jokes. He's, he's, I guess, the comedic relief. He has... So he's like a Bollywood star, and he has a cameraman following him around the whole time. And I, there were some good gags. One with thing that. I was very surprised about that character is he has a lot of like sweet, genuine moments with the rest of the Eternals. Yeah. And I'm like, that's such like you could have just made the. You know, uh, he reminded me a lot of what kind of what they do with Trevor in Shang Chi, except he's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, a, a lot of them are. Not wasted, but just not in it too much. Angelina Jolie is. A See, thing. I actually liked her. I thought I, she, liked I thought her. she was one of the more interesting ones. I actually, I did like. Like her. the idea of her kind of like uh, slight spoilers, like the conceit with her character is these these like eternal beings because they live so long, they like store all these memories and stuff, and eventually you have too many memories in your head, so your brain starts to collapse. Yeah. Athena, I guess, is implied to be the oldest one besides yeah. Selma Hayek, I guess. Yeah. So she is kind of like starting to go a little bit. Um, I think that, uh, for all intents and purposes, Gemma Chan is the main character. Yes, she is the lead that you follow. Uh, Cersei, uh, which is funny because she's talking to both Rob Stark and Jon Snow, and they keep saying Cersei. Oh, yeah. And it just made me laugh. I never even thought about yeah, that. Yeah, it just yeah. made me laugh. Huh. Um. There is that moment where, uh, uh, Kit Harington and, and Richard Madden meet up and they kind of have that encounter. And yeah. Like, ah, Game of Thrones reunion. But it... It, I liked it. I first of all, there was a lot made about how um, why why did I blank all of this? Chloe Zhao. Uh, there was a lot made about how she was going to uh, not shoot in front of green screen the whole time and was going to na- uh, use natural lighting in real locations. Who would have thought that that would work out for the best? 
Who would have thought that the movie looks better when it's not in front of a green screen? Because I'm not going to say the CG is like anything amazing or something. No, like but that. it blends into the environment but it feels, better. It feels more organic when it's in a real environment. Exactly. Like, that's the biggest problem with fucking Black Widow and Shang-Chi. Well, not the biggest problem. It's not that the CG is bad in those movies, it's that. The actors are in front of a green screen, so it looks wrong. So they look composited in like a fucking like a bad movie, like a bad animated movie. This this it felt gra- it, like tangible, like I could touch it. I guess we you just want to like run through the Eternals real quick and just kind of give our thoughts since it, like just kind of all right on like the characters and stuff. Gemma Chan, Cersei. Cool. She's a she's a, a she's got like heart. A likable POV protagonist. Not, right. Not like a whole lot given to her, but she is also kind of the voyeur that. We, uh, you know what's funny? I thought that was what Kit Harrington was going to be. Like, I thought he was going to be in the movie. Uh, I guess spoilers. Should we, uh, before we do this, let's give our scores real quick. I think this is a three and a half. Three and a half out of five. This was fun. This I liked a good it. Movie. Sorry, um, sorry to say, I liked sorry, it. sorry, film snobs. We liked a Marvel movie. The discourse was just absolutely abysmal, and it's it's going to happen all over again by December with fucking with Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yep. Um, Gemma Chan, yeah, she's really good. I, I thought, uh, Dane, Kit Harrington was gonna kind of serve that, like, voyeur role. Like, he was yeah. gonna come along on yeah, the journey. No. no, uh, there's Sprite. Who, uh, Leah McHugh Who is Sprite. a child, for some reason. They never explain. No, and there's, like, but, like that's there's, her like, arc. weird implications with that character, too. The thing is, okay, so her arc is that she wants to, like... She's, Girl, she's like, like she wants to be an adult so she can like date and have a life, but, have she's, like a family, but she's but she's stuck she's permanently looking a at child. And I and that's a good idea for an R. Yes, I think she's kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah. Most children are generally. Um, um, and then she had. Uh, are we in spoilers? I, I, I Her feel, motivation for whatever the fuck she does in the third act. Oh yeah, where she betrays them and with. Uh, she explains it, and I still don't understand I why. I think the biggest problem. One of the biggest problems with the script of this movie is they set up a lot of interesting arcs with these characters and then never follow through with it. Mm. Because another character that they do that to is Druig. Uh, what is the actor's name? Barry Keoghan. Barry Keoghan. Druig is the only one throughout like the history of the Eternals who objects to like Arishem, that's the Celestial, they like worship and serve. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that like objects to their to their mission of not interfering with humanity's Because wars. his power is he can mind control. So he's like, I could stop all of this at once. And it's like, that's a really interesting concept that just... Yeah, when he leaves that scene where he's like, I'm done with yeah, this like, shit. fuck this shit. I, I uh, like that a and, lot. And it just kind of never really goes anywhere. Like they find him mind controlling a group of indigenous people. And that's just never really touched on or explained at all. Like, uh, another one is uh, is Fastos. Like, I feel like his whole regaining of of humanity's love is kind of... Like, like, like he sees Hiroshima happen and everything. Like, I feel like that's a very rushed... Yeah. Like, like I feel like he maybe needed a little more convincing to join the team or whatever. Right, right. Because he had the most reason, besides Druig, I guess, to be disillusioned. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, like they just set up a lot of arcs and don't really follow through with them. I guess maybe that could be something they get into with sequels or whatever, but for just K- this movie... Kingo, Kumail Nanjiani's character just leaves in the third act. He's just not in it. And, but he... And, okay. No, no, no. He, he has a reason. He has a reason to. And at least he, like... There's, like, a scene, like, explaining it. He doesn't just disappear. No, no, no. And I actually like that he doesn't come back for a heroic, like, whatever. Because that wouldn't make sense for his character. No. Because ah. he just... Peace. He's, he's basically, like... Okay, so, so our twist villain is Icarus, Richard, Richard Madden. Madden. He, so the idea is that 
after so Salma Hayek is like the leader of the Eternals, Ajak, and she, she is found dead and killed. And that's the uh, inciting incident that like coincides with the return of the Deviants, who they thought they all wiped out. And so once Ajak is is killed, Gemma Chan is selected as the new leader of the Eternals. And once she's picked, Arishem, the Celestial, kind of reveals the, the game to her essentially that. The Eternals are like autonomous beings, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of like robots yeah. that were invented by the Celestials to not grow, not not guide populations, but to grow them essentially. Because planets have been selected as celestial eggs, essentially. So Earth being one of those planets, so there's a celestial gestating inside of it. And and so basically, once the population of a specific planet reaches, reaches a certain point, and the, and the celestial can draw upon the energy, and be then born. the deviants come out and basically suck the power out of people. And feed the and, celestial. And feed the celestial. Now, when this happens, the planet is destroyed. Yeah. So obviously the Eternals can't allow this to happen because they've grown to love humanity and everything. And like, Selma Hayek is, is, this is the first planet that's kind of made her real, because she's been doing this for thousands of years. Like, this like, is the first one that has made her realize that uh, I, I kind of want to... The, the cost of this mission might be too and, high. And I think that's actually where one of the pluses of the movie is I think there's a really interesting moral dilemma there is. at the center of it. Because if they stop the Celestial from being born... Then obviously they prevent the destruction of Earth. But if they let the but if it or if if they prevent the Celestials' birth, it's it stops the potential creation of thousands of other worlds. Mm-hmm. So it's either all the population of Earth versus potentially like billions right. of other Earths. You know what I mean? And and so so when, when so like when Kumail objects to it and leaves, I'm like yeah yeah. So like I get that. so Richard Madden is like. No, we gotta finish this. He, he knew about here. it the whole time. Like, We've he, been here, and so he kills Salma Hayek. Yes, that's that's the reveal, and he he's known what their mission is the whole time because Salma Hayek was gonna try and uh, um, and sabotage and, things. And Kumail's point is basically, or Kingo's point is basically, I kind of agree with Icarus, but I'm not gonna yeah, fight like, my friends. Yeah, so he just dips. Like he's so, like, he just leaves, and I'm like that. That's he, kind of interesting. Like that's 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 not what now, I was expecting but, for that but character. Sprite, betrays them too and I still don't know why she's in love with Rob well, she, Stark well she gives the she gives the she's like I want to start over on another planet and get a new start but you're still gonna be a child why why does starting over matter at all she knows the truth now she wants she's like a cipher in the matrix she just uh. wants to go back under the blue pill Ignorance, ignorance was bliss, you know. And then, uh, um, El Makari, um, our oh yeah, our death, the, the, our the death speedster. speedster. She's not in it until like an hour and a half. Might in. have the coolest effect with her powers. The, so like when speedster. she runs, it like warps the, the world. The footage like kind of speeds up around her of like the world and There's everything. There's a part where she has to like. She has to find where the celestial is being born, and she just runs across the entire globe. Yeah, like like that. And it was sick. It's she a has a cool she effect. has a fight with Icarus in the third act. I think that's all, really cool. I think all their powers are pretty well defined too. Like you kind of get what everyone's about. I love the look of uh, whenever they make something out of thin air, and it's like the metallic, the golden like, like metal. Tinsel. It looks like the fucking like like the dwarven spheres from uh, from Skyrim. There's some good sound design in this movie. Yeah, every yeah. time Gilgamesh punches something. Like, when he when when uh, Angelina Jolie is kind of going crazy and he fucking punches her into the ground, I went. It's like Damn! Damn! Um, Gilgamesh is one of the best characters I in think the movie. He, I think he might be my favorite character in the movie. I think Druig is probably the most interesting. Yes, of but, the but Gilgamesh is the most likable. The problem with Druig is that he becomes useless by the third act because he yeah. they try to do the thing and then it doesn't work. 
Like, the, like the, the, the idea that they want to stop the Celestial being born, they're going to use his mind control powers to, like, pacify the Celestial. Yeah. That doesn't work, and then he just kind of disappears until he, the end of the movie. He's worth it in the third act just for uh, hitting Sprite on the back of the head with a fucking rock. He domes her. It just, like, knocks this child on. Listen, if there's any actor who I would think would beat a child over the he head He kind of a had a sweet relationship with Makari. Yeah, they, it was likable. They're very cute. He's kind of like the like the bad boy of the group almost. I like, do appreciate how diverse the cast is. Yeah, very that's diverse. really cool. Uh, first openly gay superhero first openly in, gay, in Marvel. First mute. Uh, yeah, like, uh, and then a bunch of Asian black. Like, uh, I, like know, I, it's just, Irish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the most the most exotic of uh, of races, the Irishman. Uh, Hispanic, like it, yeah, no, it's it's and it never feels like inorganic or, no. or like or forced or anything. Like like this isn't like a. I hate using this term, woke movie. Yeah, no, no, no. This, this it really isn't like like that's that's never the point. No, 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 no. Like Brian Tyree Henry's gay and has a husband. Yeah, kisses and his kid. husband right on the lips. Got me a little half chubbed up. You know, it was, you know, it was in the theater. It was I was a little bricked up at the internal screening. It had the first MCU sex scene. <laughs> they kiss naked on a beach. It's yeah, like, they it's, kiss the, naked. That's on like a beach. sex scene, like Sprite is a soda, only just barely. What? <laughs> um, but. Uh, and then near the uh, they they win the they save the day. Icarus is flies set. into the sun. He kills himself. Well, yeah. Imagine you betray all your friends and yeah. then they win and you're like, well, we can't really hang out anymore. Yeah. So he kills himself and then um, everything's going happy. Uh, Sprite is made human because Gemma Chan still had some leftover power. Some I guess. leftover energy. You know what that reminded me of? The ending right. of Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Where fucking oh, Janet Van yeah. Dyne unghosts. A little bit. Uh, like, like a it, less it's, egregious it's version. It's like of the that. exact same thing, fucking. Um, a less egregious version. And then of the that. Celestial shows up and is like, Alright. You betrayed me. So he captures um, Cersei Phobus. Phobus? Fastos. I think he gets all of them. No, uh, because the one's chilling on the ship. Oh yeah, like Druig and. Uh, and uh, but essentially, he t- essentially he tells the Eternals, he's like, "All right, you betrayed me this one time, but I'll let it slide." Like, he, like, which, which I also thought was kind of interesting that that he kind of took that character, kind of took that approach. Where yeah, was it was like, Cersei, uh, Kingo, and and Fa- uh, Fastos. Where, where, where he was kind of like, like if you think these people are worth saving. Yeah. Like, we'll see what happens, but yeah. if you fuck this up... There's a great shot where, like, the, 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 the skies go dark and he and appears in the clouds. Oh, big. it's so cool. And then they tease at the end, two are... Uh, so, two, two end credit scenes. First one, Pip the Troll. Abysmal CGI thing. Yeah. I hate looking at him. Yeah, it was awful. That was a, ho- a horrible little thing. Patton Oswalt. To, to intru- was that Patton Oswalt? That is Patton Oswalt. <laughs> And it was it existed to introduce Star Fox. No one's favorite Marvel character. Played by Harry Styles. No one's favorite pop singer. Um, I that I don't think that's true. I, I think he's mo- a lot of people's favorite. I do not care for Harry Styles, both as an actor and a musician. I do like his I think music. he's one of the most I think he's one of the most overrated celebrities working today. I do like his music. It's fine. I, I have not seen enough of him as an actor to know. Um and then the second after credit scene, uh, we set a Black Knight. Yeah, Dane Whitman, Kit Harrington's character, opens his ancestral blade. Speaking of blade, blade has a voice cameo off screen for half a second. So yeah, that's Eternals. That's Eternals. It's a long movie. It is a long movie. It's a lot of movie, but I think I think there's stuff worthwhile most, in here. This movie mostly works. There was only one joke that made me cringe. 
What was it? It was the line Kumail has after they tell Gilgamesh and Fina that uh, Ajak died. Like, it's this really powerful scene. And then he's like, who does your gardening? And it's like, shut the fuck up. That was the only line of that, like, you know, that Marvel-ism. Gilgamesh, or Gilgamesh is funnier than, than Gilgamesh Kingo. Gilgamesh is, is funnier than Kingo. Uh, although, I will say, Kingo might have the best gag where he talks about how he is, is his own great-grandfather, his grandfather, his father, that, and himself. And like, the he, he's, he's established, the like, the, the longest-running dynasty in Bollywood. It's so And funny. it's all just him. Like, that, that, that's a solid fucking gag right there. It's funny. Um, it's enjoyable. It's a fun movie. As, I'm, I'm gonna watch it again. This is, like, B-tier Marvel. I think it's it's not up there with their best, but... But it's, it's certainly not, not down, the worst. It's not down there with their worst. Why this is the first rotten it's one... It's certainly not in the bottom ten. Like, out of the 30 Marvel movies, I'd probably say it's in the teens. I'm going to now name every MCU movie that's worse than Eternals. Thor the Dark World. In my, in my fucking MCU ranking list. Okay. Falcon and Winter Soldier, The First Ant-Man, WandaVision, Iron Man 2, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain Marvel, Shang-Chi, Ant-Man and the Wasp, The First Thor, Black Widow, Incredible Hulk, Thor The Dark World. Those are all worse. Those are all worse than Eternals. That's 10, isn't it? Yeah, it's not in the it. bottom ten. No, it really, it really is. This not. is a this is a good movie. If if any movie deserved this kind of hate, it was Black Widow. See it on the big screen. Yeah, honest, honestly, yeah, it's if, a good movie. If, for you've the been, big screen. if you've been waiting for a blockbuster to get back out into theaters with, I think they that, even start with like an opening text crawl that says "In the beginning." I, I, I kind of made me. I was like, hey. I was like, all right, shit, all right, we're getting, we're getting. You know. So three and a half. I thought this was yeah. a solid, and I want to watch it again. Honestly, honestly, solid week for cinema. This was a good week. This for was movies, a good man. cinema. We really shook this cinema down. I'm saying, bro, that's, that's what we do here on the show. If, if you have to see a movie, uh, our favorite was definitely French Dispatch. Fucking yes. incredible. But all of these are worthwhile for different groups of people. Honestly, like, like there's like all of these movies have something for someone. Like, yeah. are, are are something for someone. Yes. Like. Like this was a good week. If you're looking for new movies to to go see, these are this is a good batch. So that was it. A, a hefty film feast to ring in Thanksgiving season. Absolutely. Do uh do you want to tell the people where they can find us, Kyle? Yeah, sure. What, what if you were like no, and then it just ends? Absolutely, absolutely not. Um, if you guys like the podcast, you can follow it on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Shakedown, and you can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum. That's K R I E G H B A U M. And you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Fatman ninety nine, and on Letterboxd at my name Jordan Dennis. Kyle, tell the motherfucking people what we're talking about next week. Clifford the Big Red Dog, the most anticipated film of the year. <laughs> Clifford the Big Red Dog will single-handedly save cinema. Did you see that video I sent you on yes. uh, on Instagram yes. of the of the ad where they yep. parody uh, Baby Got Back? Yep. Um, I, I think listen, with movies like Eternals and all this Marvel drag, cinema was dying. Okay, Marvel was single-handedly killing it. You see, and and movies were never going to be made again. Like we were going to lose every movie forever. Um, but then Clifford came out. You see. It was announced, and and the people rejoiced, and it will be it will be an altar on which all all film should pay homage. Oh, and also Belfast or something. If if thing. we if we can find a showing of Belfast near us, is it limited? We're still looking. I have to review it. Is it is it not coming out wide? Um, sorry I, guys, if you hear this in advance, we, I, I let me look. Let me look here. Next weekend, Friday. It's at least playing at the 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 front Mac. Oh, okay. All so right. we we can find. We can, we can make it so work. we'll t- we'll talk we'll talk about Belfast. So definitely Clifford, maybe Belfast. Maybe Belfast. 
maybe Red Notice if we feel like those kinds of people. <sighs> I would... Mostly Clifford, though. That's to tell you everything you need to know about your movie if I'd rather watch Clifford the Big Red Dog than it. That's this week. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Tune in next time. Adios.